Welcome to another episode of our digitally remastered old-time radio shows from SolvedMystery.com. Visit our website for complete collections of your favorite old-time radio series. Remember to follow us so you won't miss new releases from SolvedMystery.com. USA, the greatest entertainers in America, as requested by you, the fighting men of the United States Armed Forces throughout the world. Presented this week and every week, till it's over, over there. Hello there, buddy. Here comes Command Performance Number 5, and it's your show tailored by the American entertainment profession for the best-dressed men in the world, the men in the uniforms of Uncle Sam's armed forces. Here's this week's lead-off request all the way from Iceland. It says, Dear Command Performance, we had a bull session the other night, and we decided we'd like to hear Georgie Jessel. Well, buddy, your wish is our command. Here he is, America's number one Toastmaster, the star of the Broadway hit High Kickers, genial, jovial, Georgie Jessel. Thank you, Jimmy Wallington, and thanks to the boys in Iceland for the very kind invitation. It's a nice feeling to know that they've been requesting the boys to hear me because that's a novelty. Most of the requests I get are usually from people that want to hear from me, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, we cannot keep you alone there any longer. Send it for heaven's sake, you know. One of the request letters that I read was very intriguing. It was from a sergeant who had been in the Army for over 30 years. And he wrote, I would like to hear Georgie Jessel. I haven't heard him since I was a little boy. <laughs> well, I, I'd like to take advantage of this moment to tell the sergeant that when he heard me, I was also a little boy. But of course, actors are always made so much older than they really are. Now, tonight, when I was coming in here to broadcast... I heard two fellas talking. One said, hey, look, there's Georgie Jessel. Other fellas, gee, he can still walk. <laughs> of course, as you know, I went on the stage many, many years ago. I was nine years old when I first went on the stage. I don't remember what that date was. All I remember was that General Custer was our stage manager. <laughs> Funny thing, I was looking at some of the pictures the other day. Oh, my, my. I was a cute-looking kid, if I say myself. Oh, my hair all in curls. I, I didn't look like Shirley Temple. I look more like Temple Emanuel, I think. <laughs> but now, answering a request from Private JLD somewhere in North Africa, the lovely leading lady of the hit parade, Miss Joan Edwards, singing America's number one song, Deep in the Heart of Texas. Joan Edwards. <laughs> Reminds me of the one I love Deep in the heart 
Department of Command Performance, the regular weekly feature to answer your many requests for news from the world of sports. On Friday night, March 27th, Private J.L. Barrow, Joe Lewis to you fight fans, tangled with ample Imglick Abe Simon <laughs> in Madison Square Garden. Now, you fellas didn't have ringside seats, but you're getting them right now. Command Performance recorded the title match especially for you. So lay your bets, boys. Here's the big fight. They move out into the center once again. Lewis jabs the left of the chin. Now Simon comes in with his left hand sticking out. Jabs it twice to Lewis's chin, and the referee goes between them. Simon tells the referee something. I didn't get it. Lewis jabs the left of the jaw, hooks the left of the jaw, pounds the right to the head, and Simon rushes him to the rope with a hard right hand to the body. Again, Simon is shaking his head after the referee cautions him. There's a right to the jaw, another right to the jaw by Lewis. Simon's knees buckle. A left hook to the jaw by Lewis drives Simon out to the center. Another left hook to the jaw and a right to the jaw. Simon is stunned, but he goes into his own corner. Lewis doesn't miss with a left and a right to the jaw. A left hook to the jaw by Lewis. But Simon fights back, jabbing two left hands to Lewis's chin. There's a right to the head by Lewis. And a left hook high on Simon's head. And a right to the jaw by Lewis. As Simon, fighting back, rushes into the rope with a hard left to the body and a left to the head. They move out into the center once again. One minute of the round yet to go. A left hook by Lewis finds the mark. Simon is short with the left and takes a right to the jaw thrown by Lewis. Simon almost goes down but grabs Lewis. A right to the chin by Lewis almost sends him down again, but he fights back, jabbing a left to Lewis's head. There's a left and a right to the body. And now Simon is holding his groin as if he were hit low, but I didn't see any low blow. There's a left hook to the jaw by Lewis, and another left and a right to the jaw by Lewis. And a right to the jaw by Lewis, another right, and a left left a cut to the jaw. Another left to the jaw by Lewis, and a right to the jaw by Lewis. Simon takes the left jab, but comes back fighting. Real American gameness in both boys. A left and a right to the head by Lewis. Simon fights back with a feeble right hand to the body and rushes Lewis to a neutral corner. They move in again. Lewis hooks another left to the jaw. Simon is still up there. We wonder how. He fights back with a left to Lewis's jaw. Jabs away with a left, which is short of the mark. Simon backs away. Lewis, that right hand cops, keeps moving in. Simon is short with two left jabs. Lewis jabs his own left to the chin and cross to the right to the jaw. Sends Simon into the rope with his back to him with a right to the jaw. Simon stags to the corner in his own corner. Simon down at four, five. There's the bell. 
It was four in the bell that time. The crowd was on its feet again, thinking the knockout had come, but it was only four. And the bell, I got it very carefully. Uh, down here says six, but I thought it was four. And I think I heard it before. Jimmy Crow uh, Crowley did. Anyhow, it was either four or six. Simon was down in his own corner, and uh, it would probably have been a knockout, but the bell saved him again. He's in bad shape. Nobody ever took such punishment, I don't think, and stayed on his feet as that game fella did in that round. He's a terrifically, tremendously, completely game fella, and Lewis simply ripped him and tore him with a complete barrage of blows. I never saw such punches. One, two, one, two, left, right, to the body. Once Simon grabbed his forehand, but he was not hit low as far as I could see, and it was right here over my head. Uh, the referee's over saying something to him again. He's going to come out. It's the sixth round and down. All right, Lewis is out there jabbing left and firing a hard right to the jaw, a left and a right to the jaw, and Simon is down, rolling over. Three, Simon is trying to get up. Five, he crawls over to the rope. Seven, eight, he's going to hold on to the ropes. Nine, and he's up at the referee. The referee stops it. He was on his way up at nine. Simon, Simon is very discouraged. Here's Bill Torum. One right hand stopped the fight right in the middle of the ring. A right hand that found the point of the chin. Simon went down like a log. His 255 pounds hitting with a terrific thud and uh, rolled over three or four times toward the rope. Uh, look of pain on his face. Here's the announcement. Seconds of the sixth round, the winner by a knockout and still the heavyweight champion of the world, Joe Lewis. There you have it, boys. The highlight of the Joe Lewis Abe Simon Championship fight is described by Don Dunphy with Between the Rounds Color by Bill Corum. Now, here's a note from a couple of able-bodied seamen by way of the Virgin Isles. Dear command performance, it says, my buddy and I are getting hep to the Spanish language, but our Portuguese is a little rusty. How about letting us hear from Carmen Miranda? Well, here she is, direct from Sons of Fun, Carmen Miranda. Rebolado da cabeça até o pé. Rebola bola pra minha bota no botão. Rebola bola morena que fica no coração. Eu vi um papo em papo nem papo dela e outro papo em papo sabe de uma papa de fubá. Papo pipo a papa papa amarela no papo do papo em papo que papo lá na mapa. Quando eu disse a papa que papo em papo meu papo teve um desmaio porque o papo era papão. Eu fiz tipo como um papo no meio tapa quando escuto um papagaio ele dizer papagão. Rebola bola vou mostrar como é que é. Bato que rebolado da cabeça até o pé pé pé. Rebola bola pra minha bota no botão. Rebola bola morena que fica no coração. E eu não quis mais saber de ver o papo que de papo não mapa pipa na papa desse papo. E é por isso que nas horas logo tapo quando vejo um tipo tipo papá papai o papavô. Que se cubra o capeta de uma capa que se atrapina a garupa do capeta capa atrás. Porque ninguém possa ver o papo pipa 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 andar em paz. Rebola bola vou mostrar como é que é. Um bato que rebolado da cabeça até o pé pé pé. Rebola bola pra minha bota no botão. Rebola bola morena que te dá no coração. 
Eu vi um papo empapando a papa dela e outro papo empapuçado de uma papa de fubá. Papa pipó, papa papa amarela no papo de papo de papo de papo lá na mapa. Quando eu vi o seu papo de papo de papo na papa, eu disse mais porque o papo era papão. E eu fiquei com o papo na mesa porque eu escuto o papagaio ele dizia papagão. Que cobrou o capeta de uma capa que se trepa na cara do capeta capataz. Porque ninguém foi saber o papo de 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 Thank you, Tom and Miranda. And now in response to the insistent demands from virtually every section of the world where this program is heard, we present the triumphant return command performance of the great American actress, Miss Tallulah Banks. <laughs> For the men of Uncle Sam's armed forces, Miss Bankhead reads the inspiring dramatic poem by Ben Hecht and Charles MacArthur, What is America? What is America? What is the USA? Some people think it's a piece of map, shaped like a wisdom tooth and colored like a handful of lollipops. Some people think America is a dollar sign with a halo over it. Some people think the USA is an ostrich, the red, white, and blue tail feather. Some people think America is a smokestack and a gas filling station, an adding machine, and the Brooklyn Dodgers. Some people think the USA is a skyscraper with the moon hanging over it like a forensic sign. Some people think America is a feather bed where freedom can snooze till the cows come home. Some people think the USA is the doggondest collection of railroad ties, window panes, manhole covers, wheat fields, electric signs, apple pies, and steel mills ever assembled within the boundaries of one nation. Nobody can deny that we are all these things, but they are nothing. They are the window trimmings. They are the nickels worth our trunk. The real soul is inside them and behind them. America is an idea that people can live in without having their wits scared out of them, without a gag in their mouths or a straitjacket on their spirits. The USA is the dream that a human being is better than a red ant, and the soul of man is a bigger flag than the biggest swastika ever tacked up on a Nazi platform. This idea and this dream were born in the blood shed at Lexington. And ever since that blood ran, Americans have died in defense of the idea of freedom. Our history is the history of men and women who have fought for the dream of freedom. Of men and women who have believed that wherever freedom is threatened, there they stand in danger of men and women who believe that wherever freedom perishes, they're a part of themselves lies dead. This, say our enemies, is democratic twaddle. This, say our enemies, is the cry of the warmongers. They lie. History proves they lie. But our history reveals that Americans have fought and fought damn well, only for the defeat of things that tormented the soul of man. Tyranny slavery, and intolerance.
like the Stars and Stripes is something you can never take away from Hawaii. Listen to this letter from Private FJW, D-Command Performance. We had some excitement around here early last December. Among the people who met that test were some of the greatest gals I've ever known. I'm speaking of the Army nurses, and especially of one. You can please her and me by having Connie Boswell, a grand girl herself, sing Nursey Nursey. Well, Private FJW, we'll add that this will also please us here on Command Performance. And here she is, that very great artist, Connie Boswell. Connie Boswell. And now, now if I can use your telephone, I'd like to see if my mother is listening. Hello, operator. Get me Imglick, 8654, please. Hello, Mrs. Flynn? It's Georgie Jessel. How are you? 
How are you, Mrs. Flynn? You fell down and sprained both ankles. My, my. I'm sorry to hear it. Would you mind running upstairs and getting my mother to your phone? Oh, she's there. Well, that's quite a coincidence. I say, uh, uh, it's good. Put her on, will you? Thank you. Hello, Mom. Well, I called you to tell you that I'm broadcasting by shortwave to the boys in the Philippines, Australia, Iceland, and Ireland. Yeah, I guess he's listening, too. Well, I hope he is, yeah. I told you a thousand times, it is not Max Arthur. MacArthur, MacArthur. <laughs> Can't make everybody Max. Yes, he's a wonderful man. He fought the threshing, too. What do you mean, what about? He fought. He's, he's in Australia. Yes, he made most of the trip by mosquito boat. It's wonderful how they can train such a little bug. Don't ask me such a little bug. Now, listen, I wish you'd listen to this broadcast. You don't listen to shortwave anymore? Why? You caught cold this winter listening to the Russian broadcast. Well, all right. What are you doing at Mrs. Flynn's? You're having a meeting with Mrs. Schultz and Mrs. Desmoni and all the neighbors. You're all chipping in for a sinking fund for the Japs. That's a good idea. How's the family? Anna's fellow. What is he doing? He's in the Navy? When did he join the Navy? He didn't exactly join. He was walking down Broadway past the place where the fellow in uniform was yelling, come inside and see the world. <laughs> he thought it was a free newsreel. He's in the Navy. All right. <laughs> what boat is he on? Not on it. I should help him get on to South Dakota. Why, particularly to South Dakota? He's got a friend on the North Dakota. All right. You don't feel good, huh? Well, the trouble is with you, Mama, you don't chew your food enough. You must realize that's why nature gave you your teeth. You didn't give them to you. You bought them. Well, all right. How's Willie? You got trouble with him? What's the matter? He's going to a party and he won't take a bath. Why not? Says the party's informal. Well, look, Mom. What did you do over the weekend? You went down to Virginia to Cousin Milford's camp. Well, I'm glad. How is Cousin Milford getting along? What the sergeant said made you feel very proud. What did he say? He said the way Milford is going, it wouldn't be long before he's up for a court-martial. That's very good. <laughs> Tell me, while you're in Virginia, did you see the spot where General Cornwallis fell? You did. They should fix it. You tripped there, too. I'll tell the boys you send your love. Good night, Mother. Thank you. Well, here's a note that's worked its way up from somewhere in the Caribbean area, from a dozen fighting Marines to Command Performance USA. It says we've got a piano down here and a top kick who thinks he can play Rhapsody in Blue. And we swear that he's playing it backwards. He's got the music, but he's all thumbs, all right? Let's set the sergeant right by letting him hear Rhapsody in Blue the way it was written. Well, a certain Marine sergeant is going to take a little ribbing via shortwave, but here's your number, boys, with Mark Warno conducting and America's favorite pianist to play it, Oscar Levant. George Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue.
get 29 and a half minutes with you, and that clock has got that, when you gotta go, you gotta go look. First, I want to tell you something. A comedian is supposed to be a funny guy, and if he's lucky, people laugh at him, and if they laugh hard enough and long enough, he makes a living at it. And I suppose some folks think a comedian tries to be funny all the time. But let me tell you that all that matters in our lives over here, whoever and whatever we are, is you men and the great job that you are doing over there. And while we're waiting for you, we'll keep on working for you. This is Georgie Jessel saying so long from the USA. To Uncle Sam's fighting soldiers, sailors, and marines, Command Performance is your show. American radio stage and screen stars are taking orders from you. Your letters, addressed to the station to which you are listening, are commands to command performance. And listen, fella, the Axis Goose may be tough, but you're going to cook it for them. Thank you for joining us and enjoying our digitally remastered old-time radio shows from SolvedMystery.com. Please remember to leave us a review and to follow us for frequent releases.